Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Friday as we end yet another interminable week in Biden's America. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. Also by email, you can reach me at Monica Crowley Podcast, all one word, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. All right, next week, we're going to be all over this Trump indictment and Trump arraignment, which apparently is happening next Tuesday in New York City. It's going to be a complete circus. Uh, We're going to be all over this next week. Plus, we've got some other big things planned on the show. So stay tuned. Today, I want to break all of this down with Rudy Giuliani, who at one time was President Trump's attorney, America's mayor, of course. And as you can imagine, he has some things he wants to say about all of this. So let's go with the Monica memo. It's on, bitches. Oh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. The storm is here. A grand jury in New York City has now indicted former President Donald Trump. This is according to all of the reporting. They have handed down the indictment as of yesterday before they closed the court. This is a felony indictment, apparently a Class E felony, which is the lowest grade felony that you can have. This case has been looked at for several years by folks at the DOJ, by the Federal Elections Commission, by the predecessor to the current corrupt Soros DA in New York City, Alvin Bragg. It was looked at by his predecessor, Cy Vance. All of them threw it out because there is nothing here. There is no crime. There is no concealment of a crime. There is no secondary crime. And it's way out of the statute of limitations. 
So they've literally here made something up out of thin air. We're going to get to why they just don't care about any of this here in a couple of minutes. Right now, they are apparently negotiating Trump's uh, surrender. This could happen next Tuesday. And so you're going to have this spectacle of the Secret Service escorting a former president and the current leading Republican candidate for president the next time around. It would be bad enough, guys, if he were just a former president. That would tear the country to shreds. But he's not just a former president. He is currently a candidate for president and the leading political opponent to the sitting president who sits atop the Department of Justice overseeing all this. Do you see the depth of corruption here? I want to take apart so many elements of this. And, uh, you know, my mind is going in a million different ways. And there's so many different threads that we need to pull on here. But let's try to get to as much as we can. Um, the So he apparently is going to be brought in by the Secret Service. Um, he is going to be photographed and fingerprinted. Apparently no handcuffs. Because that would be too inflammatory. Right. The the DA's office is like, well, we don't want to cuff him because that might be inflammatory, but they're still going to book him and take a mugshot. That's not inflammatory. Arresting a former president and current presidential candidate. That's not inflammatory. Oh, no, we draw the line at handcuffs. I guess the handcuffs are fully appropriate in a case involving a porn actress. So they're going to uh, take the mugshot, and of course, that's all that they want here. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a conviction. We're going to have to see where all of this goes. They want the image. They want the mugshot, so they can plaster it everywhere. They can fundraise on it. it they're going to have it in every Democrat ad. Biden's going to use it. Michelle Obama, whoever is the Democratic nominee, they're going to have that everywhere. If I were Trump, I'd flash a huge smile. Hope his teeth are in good shape. Flash those pearly whites in that mugshot. Total and absolute defiance of this bullshit. And that is exactly what this is. I'm sorry for the profanity, but in this case, it requires it. This is complete and utter political communist bullshit. And everybody knows it. Okay, their star witnesses here are a convicted felon and perjurer, Michael Cohn, and this adult actress who was previously denied an affair. So literally, they have nothing. Now, as of this recording this morning on Friday, they have not yet um, unsealed the indictment. Maybe that comes with the arraignment on Tuesday. But the reporting is that there are uh, 34 individual counts against Trump. 34, are they all the same alleged crime? All 34? Are they trying to puff up this big nothing burger? We'll find out next week, apparently. Okay. But I mean, this is, it's hard to put into words how damaging all of this is, but we're going to try. This arrest is going to be the first time a former president has been arrested in American history, okay? Only one other American president has been arrested, Ulysses S. Grant in 1872 for, wait for it, speeding in his horse-drawn carriage, okay? So, uh, obviously, this uh, arrest of Donald Trump tells you 
volumes about what we're dealing with here. One other uh, really important point before we get into other really big important points, because I mentioned no former president has been arrested, indicted, this kind of thing. As you guys know, my very first job out of college was with former president Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon in Watergate, he was forced out. The whole thing was a deep state uh, setup. Okay, and one day we're going to get into all of this. But the whole Watergate scenario was a deep state set up to remove Richard Nixon, duly elected in a landslide, not once but twice, to remove him. Why? Because he had a sight set on taking on the deep state in a second term and smashing the entire administrative state to uproot all of the corruption root and branch and begin anew, which is what we're supposed to be doing every generation so you don't get this kind of corruption. Richard Nixon and Watergate, the deep state, did in fact succeed in removing him. But after he was removed from office via his resignation, Richard Nixon was named an unindicted co-conspirator unindicted co-conspirator. Why didn't they go down that road with Richard Nixon? Because the time was not ripe. What have I been telling you guys from the beginning? This started as a KGB operation in the 1930s to infiltrate, undermine, and destroy this country from within. The communist infiltration started 90 years ago. This has been going on for almost a century now. So their grand project was a long-term project to really destroy, take down the country, but they knew it was going to take time because our, our constitution was durable, our people were patriotic, but they had their eyes on the long prize and they spent these last decades chipping away and chipping away at our values, marching through our institutions until they could get to this point. So in the early 1970s, when they got Nixon's scalp, the time was not ripe to indict a former president. They knew that there would be a revolution in this country. The country wasn't ready for that. The institutions weren't ready for that. But guess what? Now they are. Now they are. Trump is a more existential threat to them, by the way, than Richard Nixon ever was. But look at how they ratcheted it up over time. So Richard Nixon, they removed, but then think about what they did to Ronald Reagan with the Iran-Contra. They didn't get his scalp, but man, they really damaged him. And then how about George W. Bush during the Iraq war? Millions of people in the street, war criminal. They wanted to send him into the Hague for uh, the International Criminal Court to be tried, and they wanted him in prison. Now they've ratcheted it up to Donald Trump with this indictment. Here's how fast we've moved from Richard Nixon, unindicted co-conspirator, to Donald Trump, indicted over nothing. This is where we are in this country right now. We are very close to the tipping point if we haven't already got there. This indictment just accelerates our descent into tyranny. Make no mistake about it. This is what the communists have been striving for for decades This is what Obama meant by the fundamental transformation of the nation. Guys, 
I'm all over social media and I'm seeing this everywhere where people are like, you know, first of all, a ton of people are rallying to Trump and we'll talk about how this strengthens him. But a lot of people are like, oh man, the Trump drama, it just never ends. But they don't ask themselves, why is there drama around Donald Trump? Why? Just like they didn't ask themselves, about what Barack Obama actually meant when he said the fundamental transformation of the nation. What does that mean? Where are they taking this? And now it's very clear what they mean and where they're going with this. If you think Alvin Bragg is just, you know, this is the culmination of Trump. No, Alvin Bragg is just the beginning. If you don't know what time it is in America, get out of the way. I'm sorry, we have no more time for this BS about, you know, getting into the weeds of the case and da-da-da-da-da. No, this is about something so much bigger. This is about finally pushing this country off the cliff into a communist hellhole. Do you think that Alvin Bragg and the rest of the communists carrying this out care about the actual facts of this case? Of course not. They just make shit up like they did with the Russia hoax, like they did on Ukraine, like they did with the two fake impeachments, like they set up January 6th, like they set up the Mar-a-Lago raid. They make shit up. They don't care about the facts. They don't care about evidence. They do what communists do, which is make it up. The whole Stalinist line, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Exactly. That is exactly where we are right now. I see a lot of people out there talking about how this is a third world banana republic kind of thing. Oh, we're sliding into a banana republic. It's horrible. Guys, first of all, the slide has been going on forever. But secondly, here's a really important point. I want you to absorb this. Whenever you hear people talking about this is a banana republic, third world stuff, actually, no, it's not. It's worse. This is worse than third world banana republic stuff. Why? Because in the third world, in a real banana republic, they do not have a tradition of a constitution, of rule of law, of due process. Here, we have all of those things. We have a durable constitution, rule of law, checks and balances, due process, and we have a long 200-year-plus tradition of all of that, of upholding it on both sides of the aisle. Independent judiciary, supposedly a free press that's supposed to keep the checks on the powerful. All of that stuff has fallen apart because of the communist assault. Okay. So while real banana republics have no tradition of this stuff, so there's nothing in their background or past to draw upon, we actually have a tradition of this stuff. That's what makes all of this worse than a banana republic. Banana republics actually look good compared to us right now. This is where we are in America. When we come back, we're going to break down more of this and why Donald Trump is going to be strengthened by this, mark my words. And while everybody is rightfully talking about this complete outrage that is tearing the very fabric of our country apart, nobody is talking about Biden family corruption, the fact that our commander in chief is completely in bed with our premier enemy, China, 
and selling out the country, giving away the store to our worst enemies. Nobody is talking about de-dollarization, the fact that we are facing a complete economic collapse if the dollar goes by the wayside as the world's reserve currency. Nobody talking about that. Nobody talking about the ongoing crisis in the banking sector. Nobody talking about Iran marching toward a nuclear weapon. Nobody talking about inflation or crime or the wide open border and the fact that this country is being flooded by illegal immigrants, including terrorists and Chinese nationals. Nobody's talking about China preparing for war against the United States and certainly an invasion of Taiwan. Nobody is talking about the really important stuff because they have us all distracted by Donald Trump. Let's hit a quick break. When we come back, I have so much more on this that I really want to break apart, including the unthinkable nature of this and how the unthinkable is now thinkable and not just thinkable, but actionable by the communists. This is one of the most important shows that I have ever done, and I'm so grateful you're here. Sit tight. We're going to cover more of this. Rudy Giuliani coming up. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I'm so happy to welcome my longtime friend and America's mayor, as well as America's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. You can hear Rudy weekdays on 77 WABC Radio in New York at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and also again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time in his new live stream, which is doing gangbusters. He joins us now. Rudy, I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. It's a great, great pleasure to be with you. Well, today of all days, especially we had we had you booked a couple of days ago. And then yesterday when this news came down about this absurd <laughs> Trump indictment, I said, oh, thank God we've got Rudy Giuliani coming on the show today. Um, so we have a lot to cover with you about all of this and the subsequent investigations that are coming down the pike. But first, 
you're sitting in New York City, you were mayor of New York City, you were a, a, a prosecutor, you know the system inside and out, you know the Southern District. Give us your reaction to this indictment of Donald Trump yesterday. This is a, a much bigger than Donald Trump. And it's pretty hard to be bigger than Donald Trump. Uh, much bigger in the sense that uh, it affects our country completely. And, uh, and will be looked at historically as a, a critical moment because it really demonstrates something we've all felt for some time, going back, I think, to the Hillary Clinton case, that our criminal justice system has deteriorated and no longer is a criminal justice system. Uh, it is a two-tiered system, uh, one for the uh, privileged and one for the peons. And we would describe them as uh, those who are favored by uh, the left-wing elite and those who are considered the enemy of the left-wing elite. And for one, there's almost no prosecution. And for the other, there are prosecutions for, uh, for non-crimes and for things that are exaggerated way beyond their significance. And I don't think there's any doubt of that. I mean, there are dramatic proofs of it, you know, even before this, like Hunter Biden walking free, even Joe Biden walking free, for that matter, if you if you if you pay any attention and look at the hard drive, uh, Hillary Clinton, um, Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails that she destroyed. But how about Hillary Clinton actually committed the crime, which I'll demonstrate to you later. Hillary Clinton actually committed the crime if it is a crime that Bragg is charging Trump with, which is, is the case in almost everything they pursued him for. They did what he didn't do. For example, Russian collusion. It is now clear there was no Russian collusion. It's equally clear that there was Ukrainian collusion. And she's guilty of it. Right? And yeah. uh, we could go on and on. Biden bribed the president of, of uh, Ukraine. Trump was basically falsely charged with that and impeached and then, of course, acquitted and never did it. And ha had he had the hard drive at the time, which was withheld, including by his own attorney general, the case never would have been brought. So we have another one of those. We've got a case that is in the mind of a warped, truly warped, I would say criminal district attorney. The man's a, cr a criminal. He took the oath of office to enforce the law and immediately turned around and said, I'm not going to enforce half of them. For that, he should have been immediately removed from office and, and maybe even prosecuted for obstruction of justice or perjury and taking the oath. Uh, the man is a, uh, and since then, uh, he is responsible for people dying in New York in numbers that are way beyond what they should be if the law were enforced. And is a product of a, 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 a a, a guy who is a Marxist, a hater of America, acknowledges that he hates American nationalism and has a past that's so weird, it, 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 uh, it, it runs tingles up your spine to think that he'd have any kind of authority over anyone given his background. Do you know so, him? Uh, no, I don't know him personally. I know him, I know him about as well as anyone because I've studied him for a long time trying to figure out why does he want to destroy America? Why would a man want to spend 40 to 50 million dollars, even if even if he's worth zillions, on putting non-prosecutors in places where they're going to release criminals? And now we see the results. You don't have to listen to me or some Republican tell you this. 
he put Krasner in Philadelphia five years ago uh, and reached his goal two years ago when Philadelphia had more murders than at any time in its history. Philadelphia, the city has been around a long time. It's a very tough city, and, but it needed his crooked DA and his millions to set a record for murder. And, and, and it is happening in St. Louis, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, now New York, uh, 40 to 50 different cities where he has no interest in those cities. And he puts in millions to elect a crooked district attorney. And why would you want to do that other than the fact that you're following the Marxist playbook mm-hmm. of creating chaos in America? Mm-hmm. Yep, so that, exactly. Which is, which is exactly what what uh, what uh, Lenin Lenin did. It's exactly what Mao did. It's exactly what the Cultural Revolution was all about. You have to be completely uneducated not to realize that this follows the communist playbook for taking over a country. And he's the guy that has, has uh, really accelerated it with the infusion of millions and millions of dollars. He's yes. also the biggest donor to, to, to Black Lives Matter, to Antifa, uh, both, m- both uh, com- terrorist organizations, and the Democrat Party, which <laughs> is almost like a, a brother or sister to, uh, to Antifa. And the, uh, the, the main donations that come in, come into the same uh, 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 agency and they're distributed. Democrat Party, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. It's all a Marxist revolution. I talk about it all the time on this show, Rudy. It started 90 years ago. So this is an assault that's been going on in this country almost for a century. It is about the long march through our institutions. It's about grabbing control over all of the major pillars of American society and life, uh, education, the news media and the culture, Hollywood, movies, television, music. The assault has been going on a very, very long time time. And that's why now at this moment, and George Soros, of course, is a major figure, but he's not alone. And the infiltration and destruction has been everywhere. You know, can I ask you, Rudy, because this is New York City specific, this is Southern District of New York, but everybody's eyes are on Alvin Bragg because he is the corrupt Soros DA who's bringing this case and these charges, but nobody is paying attention to the sitting governor, Kathy Hochul. Bragg works for Hochul. Lee Zeldin said, look, if you elect me governor, the first thing I do on day one is fire Alvin Bragg. Nobody is holding Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, to account for all of this. Yeah, I'm very familiar with this because you might remember my son Andrew ran in the primary against Lee, became his biggest supporter, I might add, and is very close to Lee. So it was a it was a race that made them closer. Like when I ran against Huckabee, I became one of his biggest admirers. But uh, both of them, Andrew, Andrew, uh, within two hours uh, on New Year's Day, calls me up and says, Dad, see if I'm right about this. He took an oath, upholded the law. Take a look at this thing that he's put out. I think it amounts to about half the laws in New York. I said, oh, come on, what, what could he have said? I look at it, I swear to God, I threw it down on the paper. I said, oh my God, what do we have here? His original paper said he wasn't gonna prosecute armed robbery mm-hmm. if the person didn't use the gun, or I'm sorry, he was gonna knock it down to a 
low-level misdemeanor. So you 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 got immediately out of, of, of prison, immediately out of custody. You never went to prison and never went to prison. That in order for it to be serious, that you're really serious, you have to shoot somebody. So you got to wait for somebody to get killed before you uh, uh, incapacitate an armed robber. Then here's another one. He, he was not going to prosecute resisting arrest, which immediately uh, went around the New York Police Department, which is the reason they hate him, because it means he can beat the living daylights out of a cop and you're not getting prosecuted for it. Resisting arrest is, is directly aimed at violence against the police officer. Uh, I mean, no one that had any understanding of being a prosecutor would in a million years want to do that. Now, he backed up, he backed off a couple of the really crazy ones, but he still dropped 52% of the felonies to misdemeanors or less, which means he just threw them out. Virtually none of those people spent a day in jail. Uh, and the New York City Police Department is about the best that we have. Believe me, they're not doing 52% felony arrests that are really misdemeanors. They don't overcharge in their arresting. Used to be the other way around, uh, 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 Monica. It used to be the process, the cops would come in with the sort of the, the, the charge, the, if not the lowest charge, the charge that you could most easily prove. That would be the prosecutor that then built the case up. Like the FBI might come in with a, with a two-year felony. And by the time my, my assistants were finished with it, it was a 15-year felony because they found out more things and they could prove more things or uh, the, the cop may have suspected all these things, didn't have time to prove it before the arrest. So, I mean, he has destroyed the system in ways that people who don't understand it don't, don't even get. But they get the point that crime is up 27% since, and that's the key thing, 27% since he's been the DA and the flight from New York has accelerated to really almost uh, uh, dangerous numbers in terms of the survival of the city. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, it's a tragic. And, and then it creates a sort of a imitation effect. Some of the other DAs are now following him, not all. The DA in Staten Island has resisted it. The DA in Queens that was there before, a new one now used to, I don't know what the DA in Queens is now like, the others follow him just about do the same things, although none of them are quite as bad as he is. He's completely lawless. I don't think he thinks the law applies to him. And Hochul is a complete coward for not removing him. Yeah. A complete, absolute yeah. coward for which, had she been a great governor or everything else, this would have made her a terrible governor. People She's are literally dying because of that. People yeah, that and she's totally complicit, Rudy. She's complicit, and we cannot allow the governor to be off the hook in all of this. They obviously want this, and, and to your point, it is so true. Whenever communists get into power, Rudy, one of the very first things they do is empty all the jails. They open the doors to the prisons, and they allow all of the violent criminals well, to go sure pouring back into society because they need the chaos. That's yeah. exactly what's happening here. I mean, I, I've really, I, I don't say this lightly because I've, I've discussed this with my uh, former police commissioners, with Ray Kelly, who I consider a great police commissioner, uh, uh, one of the greatest, longest serving. And I, I can pretty much give you a number. I think there are anywhere between seven and about eight or 9,000 criminals walking the streets 
that would be in jail if I was the mayor or Bloomberg. So think about that. I, violent criminals. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, people who are who steal bubblegum. Talking about people who rape, beat li living daylights out of people, steal cars, break into homes. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people committing crimes. And they are the reason why the city is a place that people fear. And of course, mm -hmm. it's now nationwide. Yeah. When I was when I was dealing with this and reducing crime, uh, New York was like the oddity. It was the you know highest crime city in the country. It was the it was the center of crime, and that's why it was so amazing that we got it down because we did it in the place that was the worst in America. I got to tell you, we're not the worst in America. We got cities that are worse. Rochester set a record for murder with the Soros DA. Whenever you see records for murder last year or the year before, invariably there's a Soros appointed DA and a useless, silly, left-wing, so-called progressive mayor. And uh, it's, it's a formula for, it's actually, it's a formula for the death of young black men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's all intentional. I mean, again, this is all by design um, to tear the country apart and, and break down all of our norms and the rule of law and, and the rest of it. So you're exactly right. What's happening to Trump, it is about Trump, but it's about something so much bigger that's been going on in this country a long time. And we are really at the danger point for really losing the Constitution, rule of law, due process. We're in the process of, of losing all of it. What do you expect to happen on Tuesday here? is going to be uh, arraigned. It's going to be just a complete circus uh, in downtown Manhattan. Uh, he's going to be arraigned. Apparently no handcuffs. And I said earlier in the show, Rudy, uh, I guess handcuffs for the former president are bridged too far, but arresting and indicting him, uh, that that's perfectly fine, but they don't yeah, want to go as symbol, far well, as They're all about symbols anyway, aren't they? I mean, yeah, they have nothing. Exactly. They're, they're, they're they not want about the mugshot. reality. They're about appearance. Right. And uh, uh, I mean, it's the reality of what is going on is a direct assault on all of our rights and a complete indication that we have uh, a criminal justice system that can only be described as the kind of system you would have in a fascist country. The politicization of the criminal process, the weaponization is the word they like to use of the criminal justice process is a basic of a fascist society. You can't have a free society, a, 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 a democracy, a, a constitutional republic. Uh, I mean, those are just uh, uh, words on how you choose your elected officials. The basic of it is human rights. You have rights. Well, now we don't have, he has no rights. This would not have happened. There's, no one in a million years thinks this would have happened to anybody else. It hasn't happened to anybody else. Didn't happen to Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton didn't do far worse than whatever you think he did. Even if you think he did this, he denies it. And I believe him. I was his lawyer, not on this case, but at the time this was going on. And I know him for 33 years. And when I tell you I believe him, I have actual reasons that are pretty darn solid for why I believe him. That has to do with his personal conduct and the things that he likes and the things that he doesn't like, and I think that bother him. I mean, the man at the time, and, and this goes back, you know, a very long time ago, the actual act, it goes back to 2006. At that time, the man was 
I don't know if he'd like this, but at that time he was sort of in a, he was a, he was a, uh, an obsessive germaphobe. He's since gotten over and he's much better, but I mean, he wouldn't touch anything. Now, I'm not going to go any further for fear of the, you know, they're going to go after me. I'm defaming her. When he says he wouldn't be with this girl, there's a meaning to that. I know what he means. He did not, I don't think, have anything to do with it. Let's say he did. Well, Bill Clinton had sex in the Oval Office with a young girl who was starstruck and working for him and was on the phone with congressmen. That isn't an offense to the United States, an embarrassment of the highest order, a desecration of the presidency. I was with I was with um, I was with Mrs. Reagan when that was revealed. I was at the library because I was on the board, and she 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 was like white, and 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 she said the most beautiful thing. He said, "My Ronnie would never do that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I is said, great. Said, and you know, he used to wear his jacket. He used to wear his jacket at the Oval Office on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah and Nixon he, and, too. And he did it to remind himself of the solemnity of the office. Yep, Nixon said, did too. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, Mrs. Reagan. He would, my Ronnie would never do that. He's desecrated the office. But okay, they let him off because that was personal. But haha, he committed a crime, a real crime. Not one we have to debate. It's called perjury. We've had that crime for about a thousand years. This one, we can't even find in the books. We don't even know what it is. He, he, it's, a, it's a crime. The misdemeanor, the two-year misdemeanor for which the statute of limitations ran five years ago is entering false records in the books of a company. It's intended for accountants who are cheating for their boss or the boss who's telling the accountant to cheat and put a false description in. That isn't what happened here. This is a negotiated deal to drop a case because both consenting adults believed it was their best interest to do it. Whether he did it or not, he didn't want the repercussions that would occur for his family if it were revealed that it happened or that it was alleged it would happen because half the people believe it whether it happened or not. She would rather take the money and run and not have to go through a trial in which more than likely her past would be examined in an excruciating way. And believe me, it's quite a past. This is a deal that's been made a thousand times, a hundred thousand times. There gotta be a million non-disclosure agreements in just in New York alone. I've done so many in my litigating career. I, I can't, and it's not always for personal things. It's in business situations that you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you take this tool away from people, it takes away a very legitimate way to deal with, uh, with uh, 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 ha handling grievances in a way that does less damage. There's no crime involved. Well, they're making that into some kind of a crime, like a false record. Uh, then, if they only had that, they'd be barred by the statute of limitation. They say it was in pursuance of, 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 of campaign a falsified campaign contribution because the money was a campaign contribution because the purpose of it was to hide it so that he could be elected president. Well, that might be a purpose, but the main purpose of it was to spare embarrassment, which is a normal human reaction. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, the campaign finance board, the lawyers that have written on this, 
and the Justice Department all agree it's no longer a federal crime. So he's going to use a statute that they no longer consider to be a federal crime as the thing that makes it a felony, which also takes you back to law school and you got to get an F in jurisdiction because the state prosecutor can't enforce federal laws. Where does that ever happen? So I, I can give you 10 more problems with the case. The case is a joke. It's a joke. I mean, the man should be laughed out of the legal profession. Instead, we got all these professors taking it seriously and uh, lying to themselves, lying uh, directly, just in order to get Donald Trump, because they don't want him to be president. And to say they really want him to run, what the heck would you be doing this for if you wanted him to run? And you got to be out. You got to be out of your mind if you want him to run, no matter what you think. A man who's won the presidency is a much more dangerous opponent than someone that's never run before. Mm -hmm. And a man who has a record that uh, objectively is like light, light, uh, lights, uh, lights out one of the best in four years of any president. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. You know, I, as you were talking about Bill Clinton and his cases, remember, first of all, Hillary Clinton did the exact same thing by basically uh, paying for the Steele dossier and taking that money and calling it legal fees. And she was just slapped with a fine. She was not arrested and indicted and the rest of it. And the other thing, Bill Clinton, you mentioned him, he paid $850,000 to Paula Jones for her to go away. And you know, during the whole Lewinsky scandal, the left made all of these excuses for uh, Bill Clinton lying under oath, committing perjury by saying it was just about sex. It was, of course, anybody would lie to spare their family embarrassment when they've committed adultery or whatever it might be, right? So their whole line of excuse for Bill Clinton was it was just about sex. Well, if you believe her and you don't believe him, it's all about sex. And it was consensual and they're adults. And there are a lot of elements of uh, of uh, 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 of his using his office as president to overwhelm overwhelm her and to create her obsession for him. I mean, we got a far different and much more sinister situation between him and Monica Lewinsky than two consenting adults, which is what you have with 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 Trump. I mean, he's this is a young young woman who's uh, who's obsessed with the president. And he's doing it in the Oval Office while he's talking to congressmen, mm -hmm. which is disgusting. And then he commits a real crime called perjury. Hillary actually did make a campaign contribution. There was no other reason for paying Steele the 1.1 million other than get negative research on Trump. That's a campaign contribution, nothing else. It's not for personal reasons. It wasn't to hide anything from her, her family or something embarrassing. Or So this is really very, very strange, Monica, throughout. They go after him for things that they do, but he didn't. It's like right. projection. It's like it some kind of- It totally is. Yep, it's, it's classic projection. projection. Maybe that's where they come up with their ideas. I don't know. Well, what criminal. you can you you always know, Rudy, what they're guilty of doing by what they're accusing our side of. It's amazing. <laughs> because it's amazing. It's such I mean, a tell. Been, when I first got the information about Ukraine, which actually goes way back to 2017, and uh, revealed it in early 2018, my first reaction was, "Holy God, they they actually did what they're accusing him of doing." <laughs> right? mm -hmm.
Yeah, it's a real tell. You know, you always can find out what they're guilty of doing by what they're accusing our side of doing. Um, in our last couple of minutes here with you, Rudy, I, he's facing all, President Trump is facing all of these other investigations, including the DOJ, the special counsel investigation into classified documents, January 6th, uh, the Georgia investigation into his post-election conduct. Um, where do all of these cases stand? What's your view about all of these? And is it possible that he could be facing like three indictments all at one time? Yes, isn't it? It is possible. I mean, I would have thought not. And the idea that they are stronger than this case is the new idea that emerged as they realized how weak this case is. Mm -hmm. They're not stronger than this case. He had every right in the world to ask the attorney general of uh, of Georgia to find 11,000 votes. I mean, there were 200,000 votes that were in question. And he's saying you can't even find 11,000 out of 200,000. He didn't know at the time that the attorney general was concealing a report later found by John Solomon with an FOIA request, a report given to him five days after the election with 42 or 48 very, very serious violations none of which he investigated, all of which he concealed, and kept going around saying the election was fine. So he's a complete liar. And he had every right to ask him to go find those votes. He's not telling him to make them up. He's saying you've got so many to choose from, can't you find 11,000? And that's, that, that is the interpretation of the conversation. And even if he had said the opposite, it's not a crime. They, that's not a stronger case. That may be even a weaker case. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the fact that he has some responsibility for what happened on, first of all, we don't even know any longer what happened on January 6th. I mean, what, what, he, he may have been leading more FBI agents. If he's, if he's going to be alleged to have led that riot in some way, it may have been a riot of FBI uh, stool pigeons and agents. I mean, there were uh, unaccounted for large numbers of law enforcement people in there. Uh, what six proud boys were FBI operatives. Uh, it was just revealed that uh, the, the cops were yelling and screaming along with them to burn the place down. So I don't know what happened completely there. Obviously, some people connected with Trump were engaged in wrongdoing. Obviously, some people not involved with Trump wanting to create a riot, we're also there. Nobody's bothered to investigate that part of it. And second, how do you invest, how do you prosecute him for that when he told them to go there peacefully and patriotically? I've seen, I've, and then they like to say it was an insurrection. Nobody's been charged with that. They haven't even charged that. Insurrection with a group of people with no guns. They're gonna take over the United States without a single weapon and we're gonna surrender to them. There were a bunch of clowns, really. When you look at, and they finally let that guy out. But when you finally looked at his, when you finally looked at his film objectively, the cops escorted him through the entire, through the entire, they could have removed him at any moment. So I, I don't know what that's all about. And the final one are the, are the documents. And he had every right to have those documents, have a period of time to go through them. He had them in a highly secure place, unlike, Unlike uh, uh, our, our president, who had them out in the open in front of a son who could easily be considered an operative for the Chinese government with all the money he was getting from them, 
and tells you of an owner's mission that he was dealing with this. He's got a guy who going past classified documents every single day that he, that Biden has illegally, who's doing business with the spy chief of China. That's a far different thing than having them locked up at Mar-a-Lago and debating with the government, which are yours and which aren't. And then having the FBI come there and give them advice on how to make them more secure and making them more secure. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to deal with, but it's all of the same cost. It's all part of this uh, trying to frame them and keep them from the presidency. And I think what you were saying before, Monica, is the reason for it. He's the one who best understands what they've done to us. And they know he's got a steel will. And they're not going to break him. They have, a, they have the hope that any, any of the others, and I like a lot of the other candidates, but we honestly don't know if they have the steel will that he has. You'll only find out when they're there. Yeah, and Donald Trump is the only one who has stared down the deep state over the last eight years when they have thrown the kitchen sink at this man. And the idea that he is still standing is a huge testament, not just to his political strength, but to his personal strength. And since we're at this very precarious moment, I totally agree with you, Rudy. You need to go with the guy who has been through the fire before and understands the nature of this internal enemy because the enemy is within who understands it has faced it down and is still standing you better go with the the ultimate fighter and trump is always at his best when the chips are down so he's not going to allow any of this to deter him all right rudy there is so much more i want to cover with you so please stand by if you would okay first so guys you all do not want to miss out on this okay because for the first time ever our friends over at genucell are including both the ultra retinol and dark spot corrector in their most popular package at genucell.com slash Monica. Right now, save over 70% off Genucell's most popular package, just in time for the warm spring weather. Featuring Genucell's Ultra Retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative, safe on your skin in the summer sun, and Genucell's Dark Spot Corrector, to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from long summer days outside. Plus, you'll still receive GenuCell's world-class under-eye bags treatment for those annoying under-eye bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, see results in as little as 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. So don't wait. Visit GenuCell.com slash Monica to save over 70% off their most popular package. Plus, every order subscription includes a luxury gift box with two free springtime essentials. That's two free gifts plus free concierge shipping for a limited time. So go to genucell.com slash Monica. Again, that's genucell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L, genucell.com slash Monica. We're coming right back. Okay, we're back with the one and only Rudy Giuliani. Final question for you, Rudy, before we let you go. And I'd love to have you back to talk about uh, our sins any, and any collapse time, you know, and, you know and the rest. How much oh, I admire you. you. Uh, thank you, Rudy. So final question before we let you go today, because all of this gets to something bigger 
the greatest threat that we face is the weaponization of our own government against us. You faced it over the Hunter Biden laptop story. FBI was on your doorstep. You have been through the ringer. Trump is obviously the most visible example of this kind of authoritarian targeting, but it's happening to everybody. The January 6th defendants rotting in prison without due process oh. for two years. This is all a hallmark of tyranny. And it's so deeply entrenched. So my last question to you is, how do we begin to turn this around? Do you think that institutions like the DOJ and the FBI can be reformed? Or is the corruption so deep that they can't be reformed and they have to be raised to the ground and we've got to start again? Very interesting, uh, Monica. I don't know for sure the answer to that until I could examine them closely. Uh, I do. I do think the FBI. Uh, I, I think they need a massive change uh, because they've become, at the highest level, not at the local level, but at the highest level, they've become a state police. They are no longer an FBI. They're more like the Stasi in East Germany, or they take the orders of the potentate and do his will and uh, do things that are absurd, like. Uh, they raid the homes of people who are pro-life demonstrators as if they are uh, mafia uh, uh, criminals. And they, you know, they go in like, uh, like stormtroopers. They get offended if you call them stormtroopers. Well, then don't dress that way. Uh, this is not the FBI I know. And there are very few people who know the FBI better than I do. You know, uh, six years ago, I was selected for, uh, for a Lifetime Achievement Award from the FBI. And three years after that, they're breaking into my apartment. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, after two years of investigating, 20 years of my life, I have a letter saying there, there are no charges of any kind. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was all. I mean, they, they, the minute I stopped being Trump's lawyer, they stopped being interested in me. They went and took my iCloud account. You know, the first date they took it, the first day I represented them. You mm. know, when they stopped, the day after I represented them. Mm. They were using me to spy on him and to invade one of our most precious privileges, our ability to talk to our lawyer honestly so we can get decent legal advice. That doesn't exist anymore for a Republican. So uh, do I think it can be done? I know it can be done, uh, but it's a question of will we? Will we elect not just Trump, but you know, what I like really and gives me hope is the, is the, are the parents at a local level winning school board elections then, then you turn it around down there, which is where they began. We're sort of like, that's where they began corrupting us in the schools. All of a sudden, without knowing it, uh, the schools become uh, uh, propaganda machines for Marxism. And they are now. And the teachers union is without doubt a Marxist organization. Those are the things that got to be turned around as well. A president will accelerate that change. But at the local level, people have got to get involved They've got to run for local offices and substitute the people who knowingly or unknowingly are, are, are using Marxist principles to destroy a democracy with solid Americans who understand this country. And, and there are more of them. We have the majority. We just have to, first of all, we have to energize it. And secondly, we have to protect ourselves against getting cheated because that political party for a century or more, has been expert in stealing elections. Yes. 
I mean, yes. it goes back to the 19th century, and it's the it's a product of having been a big city machine crooked party. It's a product of having within the party Chicago's and New York's and Philadelphia's and where you have the big city corrupt machine that just gets passed on, you know, for 150 years. Uh, Albany, New York is a cesspool of corruption. I once said as a young man and boasted, make me U.S. attorney in, make me U.S. attorney in Albany and within a year and a half, you won't have a legislature. Because <laughs> they'll joking. all be indicted? You'd have half, you'd have half a legislature. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, actually, I think that's kind of generous in the state of New York. Half. <laughs> I no, I know. I, I could try. The, I could try the same thing in Springfield, or we yep. could. I mean, I, I don't want to pick on New York. There are about ten others that are as bad or worse. So, how about you know Philadelphia, Chicago, Atlanta? We're talking. We're talking about cities that are completely corrupt, and everybody knows it. That's what that party has become. I also have a, a, a movement I want to start, which is to change the name of the Democrat Party. If you're going to change uh, names like Jefferson and Washington because of slavery, they were nothing compared to the Democrat Party. I mean, the Democratic Party defended slavery, fostered slavery, helped to fight a war for slavery, got more Americans killed than any other war. And then after slavery, it continued it through Jim Crow and, and the Ku Klux Klan and Biden's great friend, Senator Byrd, who was the head of a head of the Ku Klux Klan in West Virginia. I mean, it's a party that is more associated with slavery and institutions, any other institution in the United States. So how can these hypocrites continue to carry the name Democrat Party and they want to change the name of the Cleveland Indians? Right. What would you change the name of the Democratic Party to? Oh, I have got a lot of great names, but you can't say them on the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it, Rudy. Well, yes, you're exactly right. Tip O'Neill's old adage, all politics is local, is exactly right. And the communists have certainly internalized that over a very long period of time and grabbed mm -hmm. control over local institutions. And then they were able to amplify that all the way up to national and really the globalists, the international. So you're exactly right. And it does give me hope that even in deep blue areas like New York, in San Francisco, you're seeing a turnover of uh, like even DAs like Chesa Boudin in um, San Francisco got recalled. You see school boards turning over in deep blue states. So every once in a while, people who live in those areas hit a wall with the corruption and the crime and the high taxes and cost of living and everything else. And they want a change. Look, it happened to you. This is why you, one of the big reasons why you got elected mayor of New York city, uh, it is because after Dinkins, people had had enough, even in New York. It is the reason I, I mean, I was only the third Republican elected in the 20th century. So it'll give you an idea of how rare it is, but that it can happen. Mm -hmm. And yep. you couldn't be more blue than New York. I mean, New York City, uh, particularly. We've always been a state, and I think we're going to get back there first. We almost got there this time. We, we, we're a state that can elect Republicans. I mean, it, it voted for Ronald Reagan twice. Uh, that's the last time. But still, we, we had uh, D'Amato as a senator for two or three terms. I don't remember. Uh, we had Pataki as a governor for three terms, and that's all that's all in the recent past. And the last election was surprisingly close, but it wasn't to me. 
In fact, I'm actually surprised that Lee didn't win in a way. I, you know, I think if that red wave had actually happened the way we hoped, he would have won. It was right there. It was it lost by five points. Well, so, they say Nicole that those, they, Rudy, they say those five points are all of the Republicans and independents who would have voted for Lee have fled to Florida. Well, that is, that is true. And that does affect the dynamics a little bit. You know, I remember I, I, I had I had a lot of those people still here, uh, although although, uh, you know, we had our own wave of. We had our own wave of loss back in the uh, 70s and 80s. We were down to our lowest population in a long, long time. And a lot of the a lot of the we were below eight million. Uh, but when I when I was uh, running for office and when I left, we were at about eight three and Bloomberg got it up to about eight, four. And now we're moving down again and heading toward blow eight. It's, it's just terrible. so losing, sad. And we're losing the people who paid the bills. That's the way I put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The I tax mean, you know, space is Somebody's got to pay for all the people that we uh, just give money to and make into dependents and destroy them. And we do that probably better than anybody. Look at, look at what Adams did. I mean, we're even doing that for people that are here illegally. And we're teaching them to be dependent before they come in illegally and we teach them not to work. It's just, you know, you, you take a look at gorgeous states like the Empire State, New York, California, same thing, uh, Oregon, Washington State, and the left has just destroyed oh. these beautiful places. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. That's why we, we need serious leadership here. We need, you know, we need people with vision and courage and, and the political strength and the will to do what it takes to bring states like New York back. Um, but also to bring the country back. So, Rudy, I, this has been an extraordinary conversation. There, there. And I want, I want to there, thank there. you so much for being here and for your leadership and strength and guts. You're America's mayor for a reason. Oh, thank we you. need you. And I want everybody to listen to you uh, every day, 3 p.m., 77 I want everybody to listen to you. You are, you are a, a prize. I mean, you're really exceptional in the clarity of your vision and ability to express it. I mean, we told, I was telling you that off the air when we came on, but I love to listen to you because you say it faster and more clearly than most other people oh. <laughs> and analyze it more precisely. Oh, well, that's very kind of you, Rudy. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today. You are a treasured friend, but you're also a national treasure and we need you fighting. Before I let you go, I mentioned your WABC radio show, but you have another like live stream at 8 p.m. on oh, weekdays. Gosh, Tell us about so that. Fun. I did it. I started it uh, as a joke. I started it by um, uh, uh, commenting on the Yankee games during the playoffs. And all of a sudden, I had 100,000 people. So when it was over, I decided to continue it. And uh, it's, a, it's a live stream. It's, uh, we're, we're over live, we're over 100,000. And then as a, as a podcast, we go over 200,000. And and we're only like six months old or five months old, and it's on it's on uh, social media. So you, uh, our biggest numbers are on Twitter, believe it or not. Since Musk took over, they probably were always there, except until he took over, <laughs> they would hide them. Uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Rumble, Getter, and Twitch. So you put that on at eight o'clock any any night, and we're there with a live show. Uh, talking, taking calls, and interviewing people. 
and you have a little more freedom to say a few more things a little more clearly without anybody interrupting you, except you always are at risk of being suspended from YouTube, which is like a, a roller coaster. But that's okay. You got the other four or five networks, so you let YouTube do what it wants and eventually decide to be an institution that respects the First Amendment. Well, that is fantastic. Everybody go check out Rudy, 8 p.m. Eastern time every weekday. You can check him out all over social media and find that at Rudy Giuliani and, of course, his WABC radio show. Rudy, it is so great to talk to you, especially I know today is, a, I mean, apart from the dark day for the country with regard to the Trump indictment, I know it's a good day for you because the Yankees won their opening day game yesterday, right? And you were there? <laughs> I was not there. I was getting ready to do my show when when uh, Mr. Judge began this season the way he ended last season, hitting uh, the first of his 65 home runs. This year, I predict he's going to have 65. Uh, it was ma magnificent. His first at bat, he hit a home run. And he didn't just hit like a cheap home run. He hit it to the deepest part of Yankee Stadium where you rarely see home runs, right to dead center. I mean, the guy takes like, it's ridiculous to watch him. He takes a swing like, you know, you're taking a toothpick and putting it in your mouth and the ball goes 700 feet and 120 miles an hour. The, the thing you got to worry about with judges, God forbid anybody gets hit with one of those things. Oh, my God. Mm, mm. Well, I was thinking about you yesterday when, first of all, all the Trump stuff was coming down. But then I, I didn't see the Yankee game myself, but I did see uh, the the score at the end. And I thought, oh, Rudy, OK, he's in a, I wish be in a I good was, mood. <laughs> I, but I was listening. I was listening as I was doing my show. It's like, you know, when you're a kid at night, you, you, you take your transistor to, to bed with you to hear the game. I was listening to it, keeping up with the score. And then uh, uh, they got great pitching. I mean, it was just a perfect game. And it should well, be it should be that... interesting because the Mets are the Mets are done good too. So we, we may have another like we did in two thousand. Yankees well, and Mets. You, wow. You are we could have a subway series. That's true. Come October. You are the world's most famous Yankees fan. So congratulations on opening Thank day. You. Hopefully Thank it's you. a good omen for the God rest bless. of the season. God bless you. Thank you so much, Rudy. Rudy Giuliani, the one and only. Okay, guys, when we come back, my final thoughts on what we have seen happen to this country in the last day or so. You're not going to want to miss this. Sit tight. All right. Well, what we have seen here with President Trump is, again, so much bigger than Trump. And I don't care how you feel about him. This takes on a life of its own. And the country that we woke up in today is not the same country that we woke up in yesterday. We have crossed a Rubicon. This is, this is a turning point in the country. It's a very serious moment for this country. And we could talk a lot about how resilient America is, how we've been through really destructive periods in the past, whether it's been the Civil War, whether it was the Great Depression, World War II. And while all of that is true, that this country is very strong, we no longer have strong institutions. The document of the Constitution is brilliant. It's the world's most brilliant spectacular document for human governance ever, but our institutions that are supposed to back it up and enforce it have fallen apart.
Again, because of the long march of the communists over the last century through those institutions, those institutions are now shot through with corruption and rot and basically communism. The people who run these institutions have their eyes set on the transformation of the nation away from the constitution, away from uh, individual liberty, human freedom, economic freedom, strong national defense, America's superpower status. Their mission is to destroy all of those things. So the institutions that are geared toward upholding the rule of law and the constitution like the DOJ, like the FBI, et cetera, they have all been turned on their heads. And then those institutions are backed up by the culture because they're all on the same side. So the messages you get from the news media and Hollywood and music, they're all backing up the communist message. And in the 21st century, you have another dimension backing up their mission, which is big tech. Big tech is really the big enforcer of all of this now. So this is a hydra-headed, multi-pronged assault from every direction. So while you know, we're all lamenting what is happening to Donald Trump because it is a complete outrage, it is so much bigger than him. You and I, the deplorables, the people who believe in this country, who believe in America first, who love America, body and soul, we stand in, in the way. We're sort of the final obstacle. Trump is a symbol of it, but it's you and me. We are the final obstacle for these communists for full takeover of the country. And believe me, they, if they could imprison us all or kill us all, they absolutely would. They are communists. They have no compunction about any of this. None. They are cruel and vicious ideologues. The self-righteous glee with which they take to destroy people's lives, throw them in prison with no hearings, like with the January 6th defendants, the unrestricted glee that they take in ruining people, destroying their lives, and then destroying the country. These are sick individuals, but more so, this is evil that we're dealing with here. This is straight up evil. This is pure wickedness. I've talked about how all of this is a spiritual battle, and man, is it. This is a spiritual war. And while we might talk about Trump versus Alvin Bragg, what's happening is so much bigger. This is God versus the enemy, good versus evil, however you want to look at it. But you cannot take a look at the school shooting in Nashville this week, um, the, the transgender uh, agenda. All of that, you know, taking over state capitals like they did in Kentucky yesterday. I, I'm sorry, I thought that that was an insurrection when you take over a capital, okay? All of this stuff that's going on from the violence to the trans agenda to all of it is evil. This is wickedness on display. And there are a lot of demons making themselves known, a lot of them. So keep a crystal clear view of what we're up against here. Don't allow the news media to tell you any other thing because they're evil too. All of this messaging is very dark. But understand what we're up against here. 
so that you get it and keep a very clear spiritual view. I don't care if you believe in God or not, you've got to understand that what is happening is on a higher plane than just the politics and, and the, the fluid dynamics that we're pushing through right now. This is happening on a much, much bigger level. You understand that, then we can move forward. All right, what a powerful show. Again, I think this is one of the most important shows that I've done, and I'm so grateful that you've been here to listen to it. Please tell everybody you know about this show and, of course, all of the shows that we do in the Monica Crowley podcast. Thanks also for checking out our great sponsors. We really appreciate that. And I want you guys to have a good weekend this weekend. All is not lost. Stay optimistic. We are strong and resilient and more and more people have their eyes open now. So I want you to be optimistic going forward. Okay. Enjoy your weekend. And I will see you right back here on Monday where we will continue talking about this. And I've got a lot of big stuff uh, teed up for next week as well. Okay. So I'll see you right back here on Monday. See you then.